Hello, I'm Tina Sederholm. Welcome to This Is Not Therapy, a podcast for people who like to find the marvellous in the mundane. Hello, friend. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of This Is Not Therapy, which is called Memo to Mothers and Those Who Are Not. I know, it's already contentious, isn't it? This this is a, a triggering subject um, for those of us, particularly those of us with childbearing organs. I mean, I, I shudder to think of how much time I spent in my 20s and early 30s wondering about whether I should have children or not. I mean, I shouldn't have even... Oh God, how many times can Tina use the word should... Uh, around around this subject and in her life in general. But whether I wanted to have children, whether it was right to have children, I remember my mother telling me that her mother said, well, it's just selfish not to have children. And I, I hope that we have moved on from that. You know, that's very much an attitude of my dear, wonderful, acerbic grandmother's time. But Still, it's something that plays on your mind and played on my mind a tremendous amount. And um, so I don't I don't think we ever really get away from it. Uh, Even when you make a definitive decision, guess what? Life has a way of changing that. So I'm sort of fluffing around this subject a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to. I mean, if you hadn't got the heads up from the title that it's going to involve uh, motherhood, bit of giving birth, a bit of not giving birth and making peace with that decision. Uh, just in case that that is a little bit too much for you today, I just wanted you to know before we start the story proper. I think also what I want to say before we do is that this is this is for everyone. It's not just specifically, obviously from the title, for to people who've given birth. It's for whoever you are and whatever stage you're at. So with that in mind, let's give it a listen. Here's Memo to Mothers and Those Who Are Not. Many years ago, my friend Ellie started a book club. She had two children under the age of five and felt her brain turning to mush. She wanted to have a couple of hours now and again when she could talk about something other than Peppa Pig. Wonderful though Peppa Pig is. So she got together a group of other mums with small children and they began meeting every eight weeks. They took turns to select a book that was not too long, not too depressing and not too worthy. After the book club had been running a while, she invited me to join. I leapt at the chance to see my friend without her children around. Lovely as her children were and are, it is difficult to hold a conversation with small children in the room. It's hard enough to even get to the end of a sentence. The point of book club was to have a couple of hours off from the children, drink some wine, dip far too many Walker Sweet Chili Crisps into guacamole and discuss the book that everyone had read. Or got to chapter seven, or started but lost under a pile of nappies. That was the dream. The reality was we spent 
two hours discussing the children and about 15 minutes on the book. I was the only one in the group that didn't have children. It meant I spent a lot of time as a listener rather than a talker. An unusual situation for me. But what could I add into the conversation about soothing cracked nipples or whether starting piano at four was too early? I did pick up a bit of the lingo. Explosive nappy. Oh, I'd lay off the banana. But mainly I stayed quiet. Remained the outlier. And I was okay with that. What I wasn't okay with was watching my friends beat themselves up for their perceived shortcomings as mothers. Let's face it, there's not a mother in the world who says things like, oh, Stevie threw a tantrum in the cheese aisle Asda yesterday, lay on the floor screaming butt. I had them back on their feet, shirt tucked in and smiling again within 17 seconds. Gave myself nine and a half out of ten for that one. No! 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 Of course they don't. <laughs> Instead, it's a non-stop stress fest and not only are mothers judging themselves constantly, everyone else has a manual on how children should be brought up and they are not afraid to share it. And the worry. Oh my. Whoever thought that worrying was a useful and productive state of mind? I desperately wanted to say to my friends, It's okay. This is hard. But you'll get through it. Of course there are bumps in the road. Of course you feel out of your depth. But the kids, they're going to be okay. Failing their GCSEs? It might be the best thing that ever happens to them. But I didn't. Of course I didn't. After all, what does a childless poet know of such things? So I did what all poets do. I started a revolution. No, no, I didn't. But I did go home and write my friends a poem. Memo to Mothers this is a reminder that you are head of department in the largest, most complex and vital organisation in the world. Specifically, you are in charge of the people who will ensure the continued success of this organisation. Every day, you negotiate peace between warring factions, haggle over contracts, keep your end of the bargain and make sure everyone gets to bed clean, fed and with the correct teddy bear in their possession. You mastermind crisis meetings, fundraisers, dinners. On any given morning, you can whip up a Willy Wonka or Fantastic Mr Fox outfit in less than five minutes. Everyone in the company has the freedom to explore their creativity, knowing you will scoop the mess up afterwards. Forgive me if I get het up sometimes. I wish you'd stop trying to maintain invincibility and invisibility simultaneously. I wish you'd realise it is impossible to pay you an adequate wage. I wish you'd realise there is no point waiting for anyone to notice. Your children will only thank you at some indeterminate point in a far-off future. They're so lucky you don't just drop 
everything. But you wouldn't. You never let this department down and the only person who thinks otherwise is yourself. In this matter, you are wrong. You will have to take it from me that without you, the world would actually stop. You are head of department in the largest, most complex and vital organisation in the world and sometimes this responsibility breaks you. Let it. There is an even stronger person waiting inside to emerge. A woman you had no idea you could become. Neil and I did try to have children, but none of them made it to term. Eventually I made peace with the situation, even as I marvelled at the irony of how hard I worked to not get pregnant in my twenties, only for it to prove impossible for me to sustain a pregnancy in my late thirties. I wasn't jealous of my friends in book club, and I'm not now. In fact, some of their stories meant I felt that in a way, I dodged a bullet. In book club, I was up close and personal to the fact that motherhood is not all a mythical, mystical, milky, endless bubble of overwhelming love. It's nappy rash and learning difficulties, asthma and bullying, Down syndrome and disordered eating. It's exhaustion beyond anything you've ever known. It's judging yourself as the worst mother ever because your child's in trouble at school. Esther, one of the most motherly and kind women I know, not a member of book club, but mother of four all the same, told me that her second child cried so much, the only way she could stay sane was to imagine herself twirling the baby around her head and calculating how far she would fly if Esther let go. She wasn't going to do it, but she needed to know she could. She says she tells this to all mothers of newborns when they are despairing, because she's got a good idea what's going through their sleep-famished brains and she wants them to know it's okay. It's okay to be at the edge. Not long ago, I was in a comedy club, listening to a chap dressed in a faded black t-shirt with the killers emblazoned across the front doing his set. This is one of the many things I get to do on a regular basis because I don't have children. He launched into a riff about how great women are and I found myself laughing and agreeing until I noticed the assumption underpinned what he was saying. That women are incredible because they have the babies. But what about those of us who don't? Memo, for those who are not mothers. When that straight white male comedian commented that women are amazing because they make all of the people and produce the most nourishing food for all of those people, I thought, yeah! But then the word snagged in my throat. Because I am a woman, but I am not one of those women. 
He doesn't know that when I lost my first, the woman who stroked my face as I came round from the operation was neither my mother nor had ever given birth, yet mothered me when I needed it most. He doesn't know how feather-like, how necessary her touch was, how I kept my eyes closed long after I was conscious because I didn't want the stroking to stop. It was sweet of that comedian to at least notice mothers. He should expose his feelings more. Vulnerability looks good on a man. If I could break any taboo, it would be that a woman is somehow less than if she doesn't have children. I mean, come on. We're not living in the Victorian age. I think we have finally worked out that a woman has value beyond her ability to reproduce. And there have always been women who couldn't or didn't have children. Because mothering doesn't have to be literal. I myself am mother to many things. Rescue dogs, my friends when they're in trouble, and when I'm celebrating with them. Shows, books, podcast episodes. I'm a mad and cool aunt to my sister's adolescence. They need someone who is specifically not a mother, especially at this age. And when people say, oh, but you don't know real love until you've had a child, I say, tush. You have no idea the depths of love I have experienced in my life. Giving birth is not the only time a body gets flooded with oxytocin. I'm not belittling the wonder of giving birth. I've been present at several births and, of course, it is a complete miracle. A sublime moment of unabashed wonder. All I'm saying is the experience of unconditional love is not limited to having children. It's available every time we open our hearts and allow in what the world has to offer. So there we have it. A few thoughts on motherhood in the broadest sense possible. I find it's a good rule of thumb that if I'm feeling stuck on any subject, that I try and start thinking about it in broader and more general terms. Uh, And that gives me a good chance of getting unstuck. Because, uh, well, for me anyway, rigid thinking is often the root of a problem. So, like, um, do you remember when you were 13 or 14 and you fell in love for the very first time? And, you know, the one where it was absolutely hook, line and sinker, couldn't stop thinking about this person, the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. And it was going to have to be this specific person or no one. Like, you were never going to be able to fall in love again unless it was them. Yeah, you remember that? Hmm. How, how did that work out, incidentally? <laughs> I'd lay money on the fact that you have loved many people 
much more deeply than that first one since then. But it's never quite the same, is it? Oh, (laughs) oh dear. And anyway, if you're feeling stuck with performance skills, I know, great segue. I'm, uh, I'm going to be giving a free workshop on, on that very thing, on performance skills at Gulp Fiction, a bookshop in Oxford on the 25th of June. I know Gulp Fiction has to be one of the best names I've ever heard. And uh, I'm going to be doing the workshop and I'm doing a set there as well. And that's all organised by the wonderful people at the Oxford Poetry Library. So go to their website or my website for more details. And in July, I'm going to be performing This Is Not Therapy, the show at Buxton Fringe uh, on the 10th, 11th, 12th of July. Come along and or send friends that you have who live in the Peak District. That would be amazing because I've never performed in Buxton before. So I appreciate any help with getting bums on seats. So until next time, may you revel in your extraordinary ability to mother or father yourself and other people, irrespective of whether you ever gave actual birth. Hi, Tina again. Thanks for listening to This Is Not Therapy. All the books and resources mentioned in the podcast are listed in the show notes, where you can also sign up to my monthly newsletter. If you want to book me for a talk or show, or even buy a book, please go to www.tinasetterhome.com. And finally, don't forget to subscribe!